1996, The Phantom, where a man in a purple unitard is dishing out jungle justice. Um, I'll say, man, I was looking at the poster of this movie, and I was like, what is Yorton chosen for us? This, this looks like that Captain America movie that no one ever talks about where he's wearing like a motorcycle helmet. It doesn't look great. The trailer looks a little weird, but I'll be damned. I had the time of my life watching this movie. Um, was there, did everyone enjoy this movie? Oh, yeah. I enjoyed yes. it. it. It was just like I was worried, and I started watching it. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to be worried. <laughs> I, I love this movie. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great time, Jared. How about you, man? Uh, <clears throat> I love this movie. I remember it from childhood. I used to have a poster of it. Uh, had the the VHS case with a holographic cover, had the ring. No, I was a big fan. Seth and I, like Seth and I, grew up together. Uh, we'd always talk about it, and so it was just mutual love. And when Jordan picked it, I'm, you know, I jumped for doors like hell yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> this movie escaped me. I've never seen this before. It never even came into like my peripheral as a kid. Like I never saw posters or trailers for it. It just, it just went in my blind spot. Um, and then like seven years ago, it was like, or so, I don't know, however long ago that was probably less than a decade ago. I heard about it for the first time. I was like, what is this? I felt like it was the Mandela effect. Like, what is this movie people are talking about? Um, it was weird, but man, I'm going to try to explain it here. It's, Oh God, like 200 years ago, a, a kid's boat, or a boat was taken over by pirates, and the kid, one of the captain, jumped off and landed on the island. It was taken in by this tribe, and they gave him a ring, and said, "You are now the superhero, the Phantom." And that title, the Phantom, is just passed on to his son, to his son, to his son, over the generations. So you have to have sex and reproduce for this legend to keep continuing, I guess. Um, and I have some questions about that coming up. This is uh, for a movie about a man who is wearing the brightest purple costume that does not look good. You cannot tell me this costume looks good at all. It looks awful. I didn't give a shit. I had the time of my life. This movie. Okay, so here's the assignment. I get. I told you guys. I want you guys. that I did this on short notice. I want you guys to tell me. I want you to try to describe this movie using a, another movie. And for me, it's as if Roger Moore's James Bond had just read a bunch of Batman comics and came out of the theater seeing The Mummy for the first time and said, fuck it, I know what I want to do. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Seth, you said you had one locked and loaded. How about you? Okay, so very similar. It's as if someone went... And they watched Michael Keaton's Batman, especially Batman Returns, right? And then also went and watched Spielberg's Indiana Jones, right? Mm -hmm. And then went and watched Alec Baldwin's The Shadow. And was like, you know what would be a really good movie if we just blended all three of these together and put them in a purple uniform? This would be fire. I, I I can't do any better than that because Shadow was going to be one of my calls that I was going to make with it, and you nailed it with the Shadow and the Batman. I think the only thing I would do is maybe put uh, the Mummy. I was originally going to go in Indiana Jones, but I'm just going to go with Brendan Fraser's The Mummy with this, 
And that's yep. like the best way to de- describe this movie, I feel like. The Shadow this is another one that escaped me as a kid. Jared, how about you, man? What's your, what's your comparison this here? This is the perfect blend between Brendan Fraser's The Mummy and Sky Captain World of Tomorrow with Jude Law. Another great and, call and out Lana there Jolie. with that. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a perfect blend between the. And Seth, your face says it all. But you're thinking of. Yeah, no, it works. It is a good blend. I, of I'm two. with you, man. <laughs> no, no. I don't. Please never compare this movie to Sky I Captain the World of Tomorrow. Oh, no, 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 no. I will lose your me, number. That, that, that movie was shit, but. Hey, That's one of those movie movies. Gets, it's better in my head that I actually know what it is because yes. that's a perfect aesthetic for a movie that I would love to work. That's what I'm saying. It was like so heavily that's Art true. Deco, and that's why I don't want to revisit it because in my mind, I remember watching it in the movie theaters, and I'm just like, this is how it's going to stick. So That's fair. That's fair. Jordan, uh, since you picked this movie, what uh, dive into a little bit more of your like your history with this movie. This history for this movie, this is just one of those histories. This is Jordan probably age 12 if you would ask him to make a perfect movie and like the adventures <laughs> he would love to go with. You got Going Into the Jungle. You've got the Indiana Jones mystery movie. You've got the Finn Mattel pirate uh Air Pirate. I, I can't describe how much I would love that as a 12-year-old me right there. This is like the perfect adventure movie for me as a 12-year-old. <laughs> it's all your toys. Yes, it's it's my big box of toys with. mashed together. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about the, the locations real quick and how wonderful the locations were? That, I think the locations were my favorite part of the movie. I don't know where the hell they filmed this, but it's just like the lush jungle, it all looked authentic. That cave in the beginning where they're finding that treasure um, where the skull just chokes a man out and everyone just goes about their day. Um, that cave, <laughs> I mean, there was no follow-up like, what happened to him? I think that skeleton choked him. Okay. All right, let's get out. To be, wait, like, there's no to, be fair, to be fair, that wasn't the weirdest thing that happened to them in the following 30 minutes because they had a man... And a purple uniform <laughs> jump on top of their truck and start fighting them. So I, I feel like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the dead skeleton choking a guy out made more sense. It's a strong start to the movie. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the set design of that that cave. I love um, Drax's office in New York. Um, and I'll get to my trope section later. I love the like devil's what's it called vortex. Um, yes. Just that little that little small boat ride through um, the cave that led to like the abandoned pirate ship that's apparently not abandoned. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what was y'all's favorite location, Jared? My favorite location was definitely <clears throat> the museum because I thought the museum was like mm. really cool. So when he walked in and then he just like punched the glass <laughs> and I was just like, what? And then the perfectly <laughs> placed rules. map, the perfectly placed map. So oh, like yeah. Come together to mark the spot. That, that was the best location because everything had to be perfect for them to even make it to the end. It, Jared, you'll, you'll, you might appreciate this. I got like a 2% of got like, uncharted one vibes from this movie 
Oh, like yes, Island? yes, yes, yes. No, you're right. And it, because when they get there, they're just like, because um, especially when they're trying to find the ship, um, I think that was like more Uncharted 4 when they found the ship in the cave. Um, same vibe. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's the same vibe. Oh, man. Yeah, this is, this is even like the this little Uncharted could run. The, the little musical cues, like, I don't even know what instrument it would be, but it, it lets you know you're in the jungle. Like this one, this one instrument plays like, oh, OK, I'm in the jungle now. OK, got it. Got it. Um, your, what was your favorite location? Oh, that's a tough one for me because I enjoyed so much because the Art Deco 30s is New York. I just, I love. And then, yeah, but I'm the going to go to the city. As, as much, yeah, and I'm like, even the Skull Batcave, I think, has a cool aesthetic and everything. But just the mix of it all and then, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to go with the planes. I love the planes in this movie, and it's one that stuck out for me. So anytime they had them flying around and stuff and when they were in it, I love seaplanes. Okay. Um, Seth, before we get to your answer, I just want you to know that I want to let you know that there's no smoking in the Skull Cave. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which, while their torches lit all around the room, it's like, we're very health conscious in this cave. Uh, but, They're okay. Really so, my favorite location is. Although, by the way, I, I, Jordan, I just want to go ahead and say, like, the seaplanes added so much to, like, the feel of that 30s thing. So, great choice. Uh, but my favorite location was the Skull Cave archive slash mausoleum and then also his private beach that he had all kind of, like, right there together. Oh, I was like, this man's living the life right now, okay? He, he has everything you could ever want. A mausoleum, a treasure chest closet, uh archives with old big thick books and a private white sand blue water beach i mean what more could you ask for oh he even has a skull throne i forgot about the skull throne he has his own little throne i with mean an this... awesome wolf as your pet <laughs> yes oh devil how can we forget devil i mean yes that that's my favorite location and i will comment on devil i actually am glad they got the size of an actual wolf right in this movie mm -hmm. Because, you know, in a lot of movies, they're like, ah, it's a wolf. But then they just get, like, a, a dog. But wolves are actually, like, huge. So this movie, they actually had, like, the way Devil, like, approached people. He was, like, up to, the, like, their waist and bigger and, like, taller. So I, I really like that that fact. I know it was a small detail, but I like that. Um, Yorton brought up earlier, like... It just has all the elements of what he wants from just a stupid action movie. And I was like, yes, even the tropes. So <laughs> let's talk about the tropes. Anytime you're in the jungle hunting for treasure, you've got to have a rickety bridge. <laughs> like, you just got to have it. And I was like, yes, here it is. Are they going to make it across? Um, you got to have a young guide. boy as your guide. Yeah. Right? Um. That you only loosely understand. You have to have <laughs> yeah, you just issues. like, okay. Also. I'm trusting this eight-year-old with a millennial <laughs> treasure. Um, an office, I mean, an awesome evil villain office that's full of just treasure and artifacts that he shouldn't have. The bad guys have a face scar. I mean, <laughs> that's a good one, too. Um, what else do I have? Oh, uh, you got a secret lair 
and it has a skull cave that was pretty cool and i think that's all i have but there may be more if you think of any let me know but i was like this is beautiful this is what oh you got a pet friend too a loyal pet friend which is always good um, you have bad guys that double cross each other that say every man for himself when they get in the pickle. That guy's the worst. Everything this guy said is a lie. It's like, dude. Blow my cover, man. What? I was playing poker. You just blew my buff. Buff. <laughs> so I didn't like have Billy Zane as a discussion topic because really there's not much to discuss unless you want to talk about his wig. I could talk about that for the next hour. Um but he, I always saw him in Titanic. That was my first Billy Zane experience. And I was like, this guy's kind of not, not really a good actor. But, dude, what a charming, what a charming purple-wearing superhero. I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I wouldn't recast him. I'll tell you that much. I don't know. Jared, you were saying something? I like Billy Zane. Uh, I think he's not the best actor, but he's just like – like, I think we talked about it, but, like, Billy Crudup in The Rocketeer, he's not really the best, but he's, like, charming. And so mm-hmm. that's, like, and I just kind of figure I wish Billy Zane would, like, get more, like, role, roles, I guess. I mean, he does a lot, but I kind of just want him more out there. But my introduction to him was Zoolander um, when he played himself in Zoolander. <laughs> so I think that was, that was really funny. Zoolander's a great movie. We should watch Zoolander. That is a great movie. Seth, you were making a face. Yeah, so I love Billy Zane for one main reason. Of course you do. And that is The Phantom. Uh, That was my first introduction to him. And then it was Tombstone. And then it was Titanic. And then I realized he keeps getting put into the douchebag role. And I feel kind of bad about that because I feel like he gets kind of short-shrifted in that because, like, the dude's amazing in the Phantom. I love him. He's charming. He's like, you know, he buffed up, filled out the suit his own self and everything like that. I mean, the dude's great. I always wanted to see him as Jay Gatsby in a 1990s Great Gatsby adaptation Ooh, that never happened. But yeah. I would love to. Oh, he yeah. could say old sport and not piss me off like, the, you know, the 50th time he said it in the movie. I wouldn't be like, say it one more time. I wouldn't do that. But I would love to see that. If I could go back in time, it would be to make Phantom 2 and 3 and The Great Gatsby. With Billy Zane. I could see him playing Tom, but that's kind of the same role he played. Sorry, this is a real, real nerd English section here. Tom is the antagonist in The Great Gatsby, but he'd be play, basically playing the same role as he did in Titanic. Um, I forgot my, my audience here for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, this movie was supposed to be the first of a trilogy, and so was The Shadow. That was supposed to be the first of a trilogy as well, which the shadows tangentially related to this one, right? Weren't they a part of like the defenders of the earth or something like that? They were both not Marvel DC superheroes. I'm not sure if they, they probably crossed over at some I, point. I, they're probably and, in the same comic book uh, company, but that's about as much as I would know. So there's a cartoon series that shows up on, on Pluto TV called defenders of the earth. And it's flash Gordon it's the shadow and it's um the phantom among other people you've never heard of in your life <laughs> and they all have a little super team going on um, apparently it was a big in the 80s and i guess we didn't watch it um but i see it all the time like what the hell is this why is the phantom running around with the shadow over here um yeah so it's supposed to be the first of a trilogy which 
I don't know, man. It's kind of perfect as is. I don't know if I I want more, but I don't trust that they would do it right. Am I wrong, Jordan? Is it going to be like a Batman Forever situation? I, I don't know. I, I feel like they got the right vibe, that, at least that I liked about it, because uh, we're because uh, you're talking about with uh, Billy Zane as the Phantom, and what I liked about it is he's playing a guy who basically is like, yes, I'm the hero, so I am going to act like Mr. Thirties. Uh, what, mm-hmm. what a Mr. Uh, hero, uh, comic book hero from the 30s is. And he doesn't overplay it. And I think he just does that just right, little nice balance for it. The villain, they nailed the villain, I feel like, like with the vibe where he has that uh, certain accent that the movie actors had when they were making movies at that time and just emphasizes it. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, and I, I can see that. Yeah. I just want to say that watching Xander Drax act was a real treat and I appreciated his performance and I do not regret that joke. Uh, Watching Xander Drax act in this movie was a real treat. And I, I just want to go ahead and throw that out there. It was a real treat of a performance. Don't know who plays him, by the way, the dad from, no, hold on. Who played Xander Drax, the bad guy. Yeah, I know. It's the dad from um, Everwood. That's all I know yeah, him from. So. It's Treat Williams. That's his name. That's why I'm making a really bad pun about right now. <laughs> and I have no no regrets for doing that. So there's one person right now who's laughing their ass off. I'm just throwing that right there. Oh, we so don't know who it is. But... Can we talk about how fire of a name Xander Drax is? <laughs> I know. I mean, you're oh, bored yes, to be. Next, next, next. Yeah. Like it's just... like a, it's like a screen name you make on Xbox. It has the X before and after. Yeah. Like it's just the just the greatest name that somebody created. Like, like I just want to be in the room for that think tank when they came up with Xander Drax. That just, I mean, more more characters need to be named Xander. I, I feel like you're born to be bad. Um, can we talk about Xander Drax? He was no, he did. He wasn't bad at all in this movie. But I feel like. <sighs> I wanted someone a little bit more charismatic. He was the only kind of letdown for me in this really? movie. Yeah, wow. he just didn't do it for me. He was just like, he was. maybe it's his soft-spoken voice, but I was like, ah, this, I'm not really scared of this dude. He's kind of a pussy. I, I thought he bites Really? Yeah, like you're flabbergasted. I, yeah. I, I thought... Well, even know, like when you showed us that Siskel and Ebert uh, review... Uh, that they were both agreeing, like they enjoyed his part, and then me, I feel like he hammed it up the way you you should for like a movie like this. I wanted him to ham it up more. I thought he was, I thought he was trying to ham it up, but it didn't work. Like he's really? not the kind of actor who can ham it up. That's just what I took away. Okay. Oh, that's no, I'm that just more like know, he gave me a fear of. Uh, he he gave me a fear of the uh, microscope. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. I had I had issues in high school in biology looking like, I, to those that, microscopes. I'm not gonna lie. Every single time I looked at it, I thought about that scene. <laughs> Jared, I've never seen a two-eyed microscope before. Is that something you guys have seen? Jared, your mouth is full of food. What are we talking about? Okay, someone else. Not Jared. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's a binocular one. They're not super common, but yeah, they are. They they do have those. He did have like a, a Joker vibe. Um, 
where the, the whole pencil disappearing trick, you know, I, I kind of got that vibe with that microscope. It's like, no, zoom in a little closer. Yeah, it's stuff like oh, that. Dead. And then when, he, keep, when he gets the guy with the spear, and then after he takes down the spear, he's like, oh, I scraped my door. It was just the little stuff like that that I really enjoyed with him. Yeah, snapping the glasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess yeah, you, you don't need, need these. these. <laughs> Like, what, what he does mean? deliver my favorite line of the movie when he says, have you heard the exciting news? We're going to the devil's vortex. <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid line. But he delivers it and he, he's so excited he's about so it. Excited. He's like, yes, big adventure. Like in the middle of this stuff going down, he's like, have you heard the exciting news? We're going to the devil's vortex. Like what a weird line to write down on a page. <laughs> um, okay. Can we talk about the lady pirates and how they had the best look in the entire movie? Oh, with their their made, bomber jacket. God, Kathy Zeta Jones with that outfit. Oh, yes, I feel I, I love that outfit she doesn't, so much. I feel like she doesn't get her due. People have forgotten <laughs> what a beauty she was, and probably still is. You think? I, I don't know if people. I mean, people Maybe. people don't talk about when they talk about beauties in the '90s. It's not her. I don't, well, I need to reevaluate, Jared. For all my workaholics fans that listen to us, uh, in season one, or yeah, I think it was season one or season two, they had actually came up with a song about Catherine Zeta Jones. It was like Catherine Zeta Jones, she entraps me and Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> and Dude, uh, the mask like, of Zoro when she has that dancing scene on it. <laughs> Seth, I wish we could have. We were calm down. <laughs> I wish we had video of that for the our streamers <laughs> to enjoy because Seth's reaction when I brought that up, it was like a sudden realization of that memory. <laughs> Look, this movie made me a fan of her for and probably led to a lot of bad decisions later in my life uh because of this so yeah no yeah i'll say it right now i'll kill for her (laughs) (laughs) i'll say it right i'll kill you right now for her respectfully (laughs) Um, respectfully yeah i'll be at your funeral too i would not have chosen buffy over Catherine zeta jones i will say that that was the one yeah unrealistic part of this movie in which he talks to a tiger Mm -hmm. The most unrealistic part was that he chose Christy Swanson over Catherine Zeta-Jones. I'm just and I'm saying. not comfortable calling her Buffy. She is uh, – I know she played the first Buffy, but the failed Buffy is what she was, right? There's the movie she version. Played, yeah, yeah she, there, before the TV show, there was a movie, and Joss Whedon was so upset with the way the, the his script was directed. He was like, i got to just do this myself. And so he made the TV show. But she was, she was Buffy. Um, in the movie, and it's a fun movie. It's a fun little movie. Um, but yeah, you're right. So Catherine Zeta-Jones had a real like, I had like a real sexual awakening moment with her <laughs> in the late '90s, and it was in that entrap. Was it entrapment with Sean Connery? I think she's like, <laughs> like trying to maneuver her way through the lasers at one point, and I was like, oh my god, mom and dad are in the room with me, I have to leave. Like, this, (laughs) it was an awakening. (laughs) I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Jared's face. Um, 
she did things, man. Um, so about the Phantom she's Death, my MVP. the old man, and I'm just kidding. kidding, kidding. What? I was just saying about the old man who played his dad, just to just to calm calm you down a little bit. Think about the old man that played the Phantom's dad, real okay. quick. You know, great, well, great let's, guy. Let's talk about him. Great. I'm just I'm kidding. Do we know who he is? Like, are we supposed to know? Is he supposed to be someone famous? I, I didn't recognize his name when I saw it. I feel like that was a wasted chance to have some kind of stunt casting. You know? Right. Yes, I agree with you that on that. So, like, you remember we talked about during John Wick 3, you meet the guy at the head of the organization who's out in the desert, and it's revealed, and it's such a letdown because it's really no one we know. And we're like, this is the dude? Mm-hmm. I feel like this was similar. It's like, nah, if you're going to have him play his dad for, like, three scenes, like, pay up, man. Get somebody who's like, oh, shit, this guy's in this movie? Like, you can put on the poster, you know? Mm-hmm. So what, to get everyone um, disappointed, the fact that the dude's not in the movie? Well, I mean, yeah, whatever. Get like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who it would be, though. I'm trying to think. Jared, you got something? You got an idea? Who would you put there? George Clooney? Uh, or is he too young? He's too young at this time. Maybe no, too young. 1996. So He's I, an ER. I mean, shit, we were talking about James Bond. Let's just go straight up Sean Connery. Hey, Scott, yeah. he can't do, can he do the accent? Oh, yeah, accent? no, never mind, you're right. No, uh, but he can't do any accent, let's be real. Right, actually, yeah, that is true. Uh, no, Roger Moore, like, hell, let's do that. Oh, I'm in. No, that would have been a good in. one. If he can Roger do the American Moore. accent, that would have been a good one. Fuck that, No, he's probably too young at this time. No, no, no. George Lassenby. No. Oh, God, okay, <laughs> all right. Now we have Eddie jumped the chart. <laughs> Um, so we talked about locations. I feel like this movie was just like, it was just action pieces leading to more action pieces, which I'm 100% okay with. I mean, that is not a complaint because they were all awesome. I thought I love the action in this movie. Um, there's something, this movie felt, it made me feel like I did when I had rented a movie from Blockbuster on a dusty VHS tape. And it had that feel to it. And I was like, this is a warm blanket of, of just yummy for me. Like, I loved this movie. And it was cool watching these action set pieces that were, like, actually set in the jungle. And you could tell it was actually set in the jungle. And, like, God bless Marvel. They're my favorite set of movies coming out. But, like, you really kind of forget that, like – Everything's on a in a soundstage somewhere, and then you watch something like this. You're like, oh man, this is actually out there in the in Hawaii in the middle of a jungle or something. I don't know. I just all the set pieces were really good. Do you guys have a favorite one? We we did that. No, we did locations. Oh, okay. You, you just decided to choose a plane as a location. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I do like. I'll lead off. All you think about it. I like the I like the one where he 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 rescues Buffy and they get off the plane together and it's like laying on the horse. That was that was just a beautiful scene. I like that one. I like Anybody the bridge. The like the rickety bridge, bridge when it's like doing the little turn thing and he's in the car and he has to or in the truck and he has to get the kid and you know swing to safety and everything. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, there's another trip. A bunch of exploding vehicles every single time they land. Immediate fireball. Oh, yeah. Like twice. Actually, speaking of saving Buffy from the seaplane, the entire plot of the movie could have been avoided if Drax would have just said, okay, kill Buffy. He was like, no, I have other men who are going to handle that. But you had a man who's going to handle that like right there. It's true. Well, you can't like, yeah, look, if we <laughs> if we dissect the movie that deep, we're going to find a bunch of problems. Yeah. This is just get your popcorn and eat. I, w- I will say if they kill her in New York with her uncle being the person of the newspaper, there's probably some protection that she has in New York. So killing her in what, Mangala, Mangala, yeah, makes a little bit more well, sense. Is that a real place? I thought they no, just... I think that place is made up. I, I don't think it's a. That's not. I didn't know they even named it. I was just like, we're going back to the jungle. Um, yeah, a lot of seaplanes. That was that was fun. Um, one thing I like about Billy Zane's movie is he's not doing a Batman or anything. He's just the same dude in a purple outfit as he is outside the outfit. (laughs) He doesn't change anything. He's just having fun. He's smiling. He's charming. No, no. He even does the stature as like he's the Phantom. That cracks me up. And yeah, I he does. That, when he does have that made her think, wait a second. <laughs> I do love that saw she addressed the fact that she knew who it was. Yeah. Because it was like, there's no way no one know, doesn't know who you are at this point. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it's one of those things like, so the comic was like before Batman and all that stuff. It was like the first superhero comic. And I'm just thinking like, the way he played it was so cool. He didn't have like an alternate ego. He was just like, I'm fucking having the time of my life riding this white ass horse in my purple outfit. I have a wolf friend. How cool is that? I get to do all these cool stunts and like save women and guard the jungle, which let's be honest, a weird place to be the defender of. I don't think there's a lot of crime happening in the jungle. I feel like your, your talents could be used elsewhere. Um, but He's just having the time of his life. Like when he rescues Buffy, he's like, I'm rescuing you. And she's like, All right, well, follow me. He's like, Well, okay, it's your rescue. You know, like, all right, whatever. You know, he, just, he lets her make her mistakes and stuff. He's having fun. I like that a lot. Jared, are you talking or? Oh, no, sorry. I was um, reading at how accurate it was compared to the comic strips. And pretty much it dead on i mean they pulled from like different pieces of the comic strips they piecemealed it together but everything Mm -hmm. is like canon in the movie so i think that's pretty cool they didn't even really go off of they again they puzzled together the the movie from the source material but everything is essentially like canon in the source material didn't they change the setting isn't that like the one big change they made well, like, no, because it, the same because the, the same jungle is still real. Well, no, I mean, I mean they, I, took, they took liberties by putting it in New York, yeah, from like L.A. to New York, I think. Oh no, I mean, like I thought the jungle was originally supposed to be in Africa, and this one's like not Africa. Yeah, this one's India. Oh yeah, no, that okay. I thought that was. But I don't think people care. It's just no, no. It's I, just yeah. the jungle, right? Hey, look, it's better than the He-Man movie where they just like, all right, cool, let's put He-Man in New York. You know? Like, at least they stay true to 
keeping them in the jungle. <laughs> well, I think um, they did it for location shoots. I don't think they did it for necessarily story reasons. I think they just wanted a certain look and stuff. But I just think that was the one difference I remember. Like the one big difference. So just because I was going through like the trivia thing and I just ran into one that just cracked that cracks me up. When not filming, Billy Zane had a habit of running out to buy sushi, still wearing the phantom costume. And I'm like, just imagine how great that would see that. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Like, what the hell is this Barney want to be doing over here? Like <laughs> So there's I mean, there's no way you could make this movie today because people just wouldn't buy it. Right? There's I, and you'd have to change the outfit and that would just Do you not work. Maybe I mean you could yeah. play with it, but Marvel's done an excellent job of like, oh, these crazy outfits making them work. So I feel like you could. You just have to play with it a little bit. Maybe like a darker shade of purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if you go a little bit darker, not as bright, that yeah, that would definitely work. Have a yeah, have a line that explains it blends into the shadows better, even if yeah. it's bullcrap, you know? <laughs> well, dark I mean, Marvel blue, made a lot us... of people always say black. Black is actually a horrible color to be in camouflage. You'd want to go more of a darker blue. So, yeah, I feel like a dark purple would actually work I feel well. like purple is on the opposite spectrum of green. Like, I just don't think it's a good jungle camouflage. But maybe you're right. Add some, some shadow to it. Jared, you yeah. were saying something that Marvel made what? No, I mean, Marvel just made us care about a talking raccoon in a sentient tree. Like, I I trust them with off-the-wall characters. Now, sometimes they fumble the bag on, like, realistic characters, but, like, the -the off-the-wall characters, they do a really good job with. And so I think this is one of the ones that they would do a good job with because he's off-the-wall. But he's not. He's not off-the-wall. His outfit's off-the-wall. I feel like he's plays taking it very seriously. Like he's a fun guy, but he's not like a comedy. I, I feel I like you'd you... have to make it a comedy nowadays. All right, but... what's the current Marvel series on Disney Plus right now? Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Look at that outfit. They made Moon Knight work. Both the Moon Knight, typical Moon Knight, that's on all these memes, and the Moon Knight with the white suit on work. Mr. Suit. Yes, Mr. Suit. But I feel like that, I never thought, and I'm not like trying to tell you guys that it can't work, but I'm just, with that comparison, I never thought like, oh, they can never pull off Moon Knight. I was like, that's pretty easy to pull off. <laughs> I, I didn't know, think man, that was a struggle. Dark white going in at night fighting people. I mean, it's always like the question is like, won't people see you? And the joke's always like, I want them to. And it's like, okay, yeah. all right. It's but, addressed. What's the, what? How do they address the the giant purple popsicle outfit. Just, well, he, he, I mean, he goes to watch. So yeah. they just see him as the same like guy purple- every time. Which, yeah. uh, let's go with this, though, is the fact that that's something I feel like is a really interesting idea that I've never really heard from a superhero group before, where it it's like a hand-me-down family le- legacy, which, yeah, I do like oh, that. if they die, we have another one to, that, to come and replace. And I think that's a great idea to, like, make it a more of a legend and sort of freak out the criminals i that would be a really cool concept okay. and i what i maybe like you take about that it, take with it what i said maybe you go that direction where it's like 
No, this, there's a history in these parts of this purple uniform that strikes fear to the heart of the villains. Like, they know this throughout history. Okay. Keep but, going. But the Sorry, other I thing what I like about it is then you can take it through different generations and different decades of and, like, different people wearing the outfit and not have to break continuity, mm-hmm. really. And I feel like that would be a cool aspect for it. I feel like, okay, you're kind of selling me on – because I, I went into it thinking the only way you could really make this nowadays is if you really kind of like got meta with it and kind of made fun of it as you were making it. Kind of like um, they got Green Hornet a while ago. Like they like made a joke about it as they were making the movie. I'm not saying I want that movie made. I'm just saying I think that's the easiest way to do it is kind of like make fun of it as you're making it. But I would like to see your version. Could Would you want it like, as like a Netflix series or would you want a movie? I would, uh, I would almost like to do it sort of like a couple of miniseries and just have different generations for it. Because like even when we're, I was growing up, they had the Phantom twenty ninety nine, which was the Phantom in the future. And so that's one of the ideas I feel like you could have Weird. fun and play with. Or generational. Or you just you could do like Doctor Who does it. Yeah. You just have a new Phantom. Like with every new season, and it would just mm-hmm. take like, like in a different generation, you could just do it like that. I like, think that would be a cool if way. If you're to do it. anime fans, like JoJo, Bizarre Adventure. Oh yeah, JoJo. <laughs> exactly like JoJo Bizarre Adventure, pretty much. <laughs> I say you go fucking Buck Wild, and you bring the Shadow and the Rocketeer in this, and you just make a fun little team-up show, like Spider-Man and his amazing friends. You know, like <laughs> something just stupid. <laughs> A better defense. All right, so yeah, I like it. Um, okay, I just got a couple notes, and then if you guys have notes, let's just go down our list of notes before we go to categories. Do you want to say that's a quick plane ride from New York City to the Devil's Vortex? <laughs> that's what like it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a two-minute plane ride. Like, weren't we in just New York, and he hung on to that plane the entire trip? <laughs> so I just want to throw that out there. Um, I had a holy shit moment. When Shang Tsung shows up out of nowhere, I was like, holy shit, he's in this movie. And he, Yorton, he hams it up and it fucking works. <laughs> All he he's playing the same role as he did in Mortal Kombat. He is hamming it up and I loved it. What's up? You're I'm sorry, you looked like you, you had your you had your hands poised like you're gonna say uh, something. No, I, I Jared, was what's just up? Thinking. Oh no, I uh love that he like played straight into like, oh, I'm the bad guy, I'm the super villain, <laughs> I'm the mastermind behind it all. And he was talking with the same cadence he did talk in Mortal Kombat as well. And so oh, yeah. the same speed pattern, cadence, and everything. And I'm just like, hell yeah. So as a kid, I got this in like back to back years. Mortal Kombat <laughs> was 95, this was 96. So as a kid, I'm just like, this is the best thing ever. I I do like so, his line about, oh, it means fire the cannon. What? <laughs> oh, speaking of the <laughs> cannon. Ragdoll. I put in the group chat, he fired that cannon and yeeted that dude off the ship. I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard. I had to pause it. I was like. The no, dude flew like a hundred feet backwards. Happens. Yeah, 
the yeet. That was pretty crazy. Getting yeeted is probably the most proper way of stating <laughs> what happened to that dude. <laughs> I have to pause it because I'm like, no way that just happened. Did I forget about I that? I like that yeet. I like that yeet's become a verb now. I don't even know what it means, but like when it's used, you get it. You're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> he did get yeeted, man. Uh, my last note is I felt like this was a precursor to the mummy like this movie walked so the mummy could run do y'all get the same vibes i get what you're saying those the action invention pulp comic uh, comic style yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's very pulpy i mean that's the word to describe it it's just a pulpy fun movie yes that's what it is uh, do you guys have any notes before we I move will, on to the categories my oj with no pulp um <laughs> No, uh, my my first note was uh, the rickety bridge, and just like oh, the yeah. entire first scene, I texted Seth. I was like, just nostalgia is like ringing off, and mm-hmm. it's just bringing me straight back to when I watched this movie in theaters as a kid, and it was just great. Yeah, I love that part. Um, then I also talked about the wolf. Uh, like the devil was the size of an actual wolf because you know in movies they were just like, hey, find a dog that looks like a wolf. But it's a dog, not a actual size of a wolf. So that uh, the conveniently placed map in the uh, the museum. <laughs> so the two skulls came together and you know pulled up the map. Uh, the guy getting yeeted off the ship, and um, the final fight with the so Xander Drax had three skulls against one ring. Skull Drax still lost, and I'm like, man, uh, you know, Billy Zane is built different. (laughs) You would think like the fourth skull would be well, they stated it is the fact to control it, so the ring was to control it. It's the fourth skull, it had the which I'm guessing maybe notes? that's how it ends up like yeah. giving the people that he punches the uh it's like a little bit energized because he uh whatchamacall leaves the mark on it whenever he punches somebody. Burns it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brands burns it. it. Brand yeah. that brand it. Branding. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Thank you. I got one note and it's that I absolutely love how this movie does not address the like supernatural elements that are just like kind of there like for example the like the skeleton choking out a dude yeah yes that one he talked to a tiger at one point just jumped into that dude tiger's cave and was like hey now we're we're good thanks for the help thanks for the (laughs) assist and then like like no worries you know he can apparently has this affinity with kind of animals and then also no one really freaks out about the skeletons and i'm just kind of like okay all right i mean like there's a little bit but not a whole lot and (laughs) I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones polished one with toothpaste, and I just thought that was a great moment because I was just like, toothpaste. He Um, he even gives her a look like, what? (laughs) What'd you do? He's like, this relic, this ancient relic full of power, and you just use toothpaste on it. Yeah, Colgate, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. I just love that they had this, like, slight supernatural elements without feeling the need to necessarily explain it and without relying on it too much to where the point where you feel like they need to explain it. You're just kind of like, oh, he's good with animals. You know, oh, that skeleton just woke up and strangled a dude. (laughs) Oh, these, you know, 
skeletons shoot laser beams out of their eyeballs. Shoot laser beams. People. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I love that they did that without like making it a too much of a focus and b without necessarily trying to explain every single facet of it. This is a world where apparently this is believable and people are just like, yep, we accept it. <laughs> and a world that right, the shadow so, could exist in. Yep. I mean, they have a show together. It's a cartoon, so anything works in a cartoon. But, I mean, Scooby-Doo and Batman teamed up in a cartoon, so anything's possible. Um, best and scene. and Cena teamed up in a cartoon. They did. I see that on my, my HBO Max all the time. I'm the like, Winchester do I really want to watch this Scooby-Doo, John Cena one? Um, all right, what's y'all's pick? Um, Jared, we'll start with you. What's your favorite scene? What's your nominee here? Uh, so my favorite scene is definitely the fight on the pirate ship. Just that entire pirate ship mm-hmm. scene with the guy getting <laughs> blown into smithereens. Uh, just like, I love that entire scene. It's a good one. Because uh, no, you get, no, you no, get no. Shang Tsung. Actually, change my mind, change my mind. The beginning, the entire beginning scene from when they approach the Berkeley Bridge to they go into the cave because it just sets the tone for the entire movie and then chase back where he hops on the yeah. Now, the beginning scene because it just sets the tone for the whole movie and you know what you're getting into. Uh, we didn't, we also didn't talk about just briefly the movie starts off and you get an origin story in two minutes and we're off and running. I thought that was clever. They this, didn't spend much time on it. Yeah, this yeah. This movie so, like, does not hold your hand. Shoulder. It's just like, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this kid washed up the shore. He got a ring, and now he's a superhero. Let's go. Yeah, and the title so, card, uh, in case you missed it, or in case you came in late. I love that little title card at the opening <laughs> of the movie. It's like, just in case you came in late, oh, it's like, yeah. there hasn't even been anything yet. I, I just love I mean, I don't know. It did I, do that. Yeah, it was very funny. Didn't take itself too seriously, so I love that, too. I'm with Jared. That's my favorite scene as well because a skeleton chokes out a man, and everyone goes, "All right, well let's get let's get the treasure and go." They're just like, "There's no there's no questions," you know. Like, dude, you want me to believe a skeleton killed him? Like, I think you killed him. Like, there's no there's no questions to that. Like, oh okay, skeleton did it. Got it. Okay, cool. Let's go. Like, there's just nothing. And then that that's also a scene where <laughs> Billy Zane is dressed like a purple popsicle and he's riding a white horse with a wolf following them. And it's just like, what is happening? And you're kind of into it. So it lets you know right now, like, hey, this is the movie. Eat your popcorn or get out. Like, you have a choice right now to make. And I liked it. Yorton, you have a favorite scene? Yes. Sky Pirates with Seaplanes. I I can't emphasize how much I love the fact that we had Sky Pirates with Seaplanes. Was Tailspin your favorite Disney show back in the day? It was one of the best ones. It gave me so much of those vibes. It did. Tailspin was good this. though. I I'm with you on that one. Tailspin <laughs> was really good. Yes. Ray, you can go to hell because I'm sensing some Tailspin slander there. <laughs> no, I love Tailspin. I love. Uh, I was into like I was really into the weird stuff. Like I was that sounds weird. Um, I was into. Um, <laughs> who's the mechanic duck? Who's the mechanic oh. that also shows up on on Ducktales? And I was like, oh, these are two shows. Yeah, Launchpad is like he's a busy man. He's working, he's working two shows. I was like, is it a connected universe? Like I was into that stuff as a kid. Um, Seth, what's your favorite scene? And it can't be from Entrapment. It has to be from this movie. <laughs> so, 
So I was, it's funny you should say that because the mine's kind of a tie from when you first see Catherine Zeta Jones and every yeah. subsequent scene in which you see Catherine Zeta Jones uh, and the plane rescue, well, not rescue, but I guess the plane escape scene with the horse and how after he gets done, they jump off the plane onto the horse and then she's like, can't believe that worked. And he's like, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> that was cool. It worked also. I really liked that scene. I thought that was really well done, especially for like the mid nineties when I was watching this. I was kind of like, man, that's some really, I mean, I, I know that, you know, obviously it wasn't like practical effects. It wasn't Tom cruising it or anything, but it was very well done and it held up pretty well. So I really liked that scene. Oh yeah. I was into it. Um, all right. So let's talk about Catherine Zeta Jones. We, uh, we talked about it earlier, but I felt like we got to hit it again because <laughs> all we did was talk about how beautiful she was. And I want to say, like, she was having the time of her life in this movie. Yeah. She had some good comedy. She was hamming it up. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you. She was having fun. She knew, she knew, as the kids say, she knew the assignment. And she came in and just got an A. Where, um, I don't know if uh, Buffy knew the assignment. You know? Do you know? I mean, I guess her role didn't require well, her to Yeah, I feel like her role is the, the typical uh, f- feminine rescue, but then she's actually has more abilities than you typically think. So I felt like her role's fine. But Kathleen Z- Jones' uh, position, she gets to have more fun with it just because of the nature of, like, she's playing both sides. So she needs to play, mm-hmm. uh, needs to be a little more likable and everything because when she switches sides, you need to be like, yay, we have her now on the side. So I felt like she had a full character arc too. Yep. Like start off bad, realized, uh uh, I need to get with the Phantom. <laughs> He's actually the good guy here. And my second comment on her before we move on is I would like to see a spinoff with her and her lady pirates oh. just doing cool shit. Yes. In the air. Um Where's that okay. comic series? So we got I would be into scene. that comic series there. <laughs> um Best Line. I have two nominees here. There's no smoking in the Skull Cave. And have you heard the exciting news? We're going to the Devil's Vortex. <laughs> Those are my two nominees. Do you guys have any other you want to throw out? Going to the Devil's Vortex, I think it's for me, just because that excitement that he's going to sell is like, yes, we're going to go on a fun adventure. <laughs> it's just a lovely tone for this movie. I like the repeated old jungle phrase line. I know that it's... <laughs> It's a different line every time, but yeah. every time they said it, it was like, okay, this is well. I liked that running gag that they had throughout there. So that that was kind of like my favorite line. Mm-hmm. No, it's for me, it's the no smoking in the skull cave because there are like candles and torches going <laughs> off in the skull cave. So there's like smoke in there, but then just like, no, that smoke is fine, but smoke from like a cigarette or tobacco is not okay. And it wasn't the first time he had told him. And I love that he tells him apparently multiple times. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot. It's about respect. Know, it's just, just some of the comedic writing is, like, really good. And so that's what I really like about this movie. Like, the comedic writing is so good compared to the rest of the other writing that's just, like, who wrote this movie. But then when it came to the comedy elements, they were all there. Without yeah, being just too like, campy or, yeah, like, just too subtle. ridiculous. Yeah. It was it was nice. Yeah, you guys are right. Um, do we have a do we have a favorite? Uh, well, I guess it's up to you. 
Well, well okay, so Jared said uh, Skull Cave. You have to pick the one. Me and Jordan said Devil's Vortex. So I think Skull way. Cave. Okay. Yeah. Because it's an old jungle phrase. I'm just saying, so my vote goes with y'all. Okay. <laughs> um, MVP of the movie. All right, so we have Billy Zane. I think he's the he's the odds-on favorite to win this award. Just he's having the time of his life. You're having fun watching him. He's got one of these handsome faces that you don't want to punch. You know, except when he's in Titanic. I guess he could change his face. I don't know. He, um, production designer. I just thought the sets were on. They were on point. I mean, the sets were fantastic. I can't talk about that guy's office enough. If I could take one thing from this movie, it would be his office. <laughs> Not even the skull cape. I would take his office. Um, the writer or the director. Um, did you guys know the writer was also the writer of Indiana Jones and uh, what? The, I think it's the third one. I think the third Indiana Jones, whatever that one is. The Last Crusade. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, so I mean, I think Billy Zane. Are we all going Billy Zane here? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I okay. Yeah. Everyone just honorable mentions. All right, six man. I got Catherine Zeta Jones. Just because I couldn't stop looking at her anytime she was on screen for multiple reasons. She's drop dead gorgeous and she's having the time of her life. Jared, how about you? Six man. Oof. I gotta go. I don't know, man. I gotta go, my guy, James Remar as Quill. I love James Remar, and Quill was just like a. A really good like henchman. He like he wasn't like the main bad guy, but he got he got a lot of shine for a henchman, and so he just played that role perfectly. So yeah, is I that Dexter's go... dad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, Seth, how about you? So, if I'm thinking about it, you know, James Remar is great because this when I think of James Remar. This is the movie I think of for him. And I'm not sure how he would feel about that, but that's what I think of. And, you know, obviously Treat Williams. I love Treat Williams. I thought he actually buys into this movie. Uh, he did much better than the people around him. But I'm going to have to say six, man. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to have to give it to Catherine Zaya-Jones because mm. she added a lot of entertainment value and strong personality to the movie. <laughs> You're keeping it very PC. Good for you. If I'm done. (laughs) Yorton. Six man. I think it's obvious for me it's going to be Catholic and Zeta Jones. I just. Sky Pirate Woman! With the whole team of them. Yes. I just love that. I only agree with Yorton's assessment of Catherine Zeta Jones (laughs) because he's talking about her being a Sky Pirate. Which is part of her personality. Yeah. <laughs> and her assets. I'm going to bonk y'all with the horny hammer, with the horny mallet after this episode. She was playing a Finn Patel. Um, How are you not supposed Finn Patel, to Patel, Sky Pirate. What is there not to love? Yes, I agree. Yeah. Do you think that's how she, like, why, like, how she took the role. She's like, I don't know. It doesn't really sound like I want to do it. You play the leader of a bunch of sky pirates, like a female <laughs> gang. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, my shout out is Dexter's dad. You, uh, Jared six, man. Jared, who you got? I have, um, oh. Uh-oh. Did we Can lose you Jared? You're right. 
All right, Seth, who you got uh, as a shout-out? Uh, so my shout-out is going to go to actually the musical score because I really liked the Phantoms theme music. Now, it's not like an all-time classic or anything like that, but it felt very – it fit with this movie really well. And so anytime he would do that heroic thing and you kind of hear like his music kick in, I don't know. That's the thing that if you – me, for me anyway, if you watch that in a movie like this – it can get really annoying really, really fast. So I kind of like mm-hmm. that. I want to give a shout out to the music for this movie. I am going to shout out the marketing team. Sorry, I thought I had to burp. Um, I'm going to shout out the marketing team because as kids, this movie, we were inundated with it. So they had like a Got Milk campaign. They gave they were giving out rings. They were giving out like posters. They were giving out so much. And like I, that's why I'm surprised you missed it, Ray. Because as a kid, I couldn't miss it, and so that's why I was so pumped to go watch it. So, shout out to the marketing team because I, it still sticks with me from when I was a kid. So one, I believe you. Two, I don't know. I can't vote for that because I don't remember seeing anything for this movie. <laughs> I don't know what world I was living. I'm telling you, it's Mandela effect, and your reality merged with mine. And I don't know what's happening right now. But in my reality as a kid, there was nothing for this movie. So, man, I can't I, – I, what a missed time in my life. I could have been all about the Phantom growing up, but I missed it. Yorton? I am um, going to sort of blend a couple of them together. Up. I am going to go the Phantom sidekicks between the little, uh, little boy at the beginning, his uh, devil dog, the guy, the Indian guy who was like, no smoking in the palace, and the cab driver. He had some of the best sidekicks in this movie. Oh, the cab driver. Forgot about him. <laughs> that is going to be we didn't my really talk to cab uh, the sidekicks he has. We didn't talk too much about um, Billy Zane when he's not the Phantom. And he's Bruce Wayne, in other words. Yeah, we did. Like, we he's... talked about he did not change at all. He, he even did But that's the, what I mean. But like, story. He didn't even I, like, I guess yes. That's... I guess I have some questions like is he famous or is he just happen to know the one girl that traveled across the world to hey, they went to college together yeah. I think that's the only reason why he happens to be relevant to those people what a coincidence basically he's one of those guys that like, I, I think know. everyone um, is like he secretly has money but he's not one to flash it that's how I think everyone saw him as because it's okay. like oh he went to a nice college and everything he goes away but comes back it's like, oh. And his dad does have a treasure chest closet in his man cave. Yeah. His literal <laughs> true. man cave. His rupees and stuff, yeah. Um, so that leads me to, I have two questions. That kind of leads me to my first question. What's his job? He just sits there in a purple suit and sits in the skull cave waiting for stuff to happen? Well, there's a Seth? lot of piracy, apparently. Yeah. And I'm guessing that there's a lot of looting. Because that is a thing of people trying to go in. I remember watching a documentary about this once of people trying to go in and loot and uh, destroy like temples and try to find things and stuff like that. So if I had to guess, I'm going to say that his big thing is preventing looters and pirates. Like from well, the protector of the jungle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because and even I was thinking about the uh, history with uh, world history, right in the 1930s, like, uh, late twenties, early thirties, 
there was a lot of piracy going around in the India Chinese area. They it was so bad the the Royal Navy even sent aircraft carriers to do patrols around for pirates in that time. So it's like that okay. fits in with this movie. I feel like great. So my second question is: We're just supposed to assume he has a son out there that he's just not taken care of? I figured he hasn't picked the woman yet. He's that's why oh, yeah, his, his dad, his dad, his spirit dad, was just like, "Oh, good, you picked somebody. He can finally get a break." Okay. Yeah. Hopefully. Okay, that makes sense. She comes back. He needs to hurry up because he, he he had a lot of guns pointed at him. He could have died <laughs> very easily. He needs to have sex. Jared's <laughs> nodding in agreement. Get that man laid. He needs a son, and it can't be a girl. It has to be a son. Just throw that out so, there. So uh, Ray is pulling a T'Challa from you know Avengers: Infinity War. Get this man a shield. <laughs> Except for Ray, is like get this man some sex. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you already kissed Catherine Zeta-Jones, so. You know you can have her. Like, just spread your net wide, and you know a son will happen eventually. That's, that's my All advice. Right. All right. Yeah, Buffy and Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> spread your net wide, buddy. All right. Um, my piece of trivia was Chrissy Swanson was the original Buffy, but I figured Seth knew that, and he came in hot <laughs> and he said it. Proud of you, buddy. Um, all right, Rotten Tomatoes game. Y'all ready? Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes, it's the Rotten Tomatoes game. Um, Seth, you disqualified because you saw the score accidentally. Thank you for being an honest person. I mean, I don't think it would change the scoreboard much because you're still <laughs> at zero. But you're new, so it's all right. Um, I think Jared won last week, right? No. Because it's tied 6-6, six, six, so Yorton, you have to go first. Okay. What do you think this movie got in Rotten Tomatoes? I have no idea, but I feel like this is a movie that was very hit or miss with reviewers. It's definitely... Because I, I can understand, like, even though there's so much that we talked about, like how great it is and everything and fun, but I feel like this is a movie that reviewers wouldn't particularly like. And so... I'm going to go middle road... Answer to everything, 42. Okay. You took Jared's go-to answer. I'm the one that started it, 42. Well, Jared has the whole Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing, but it's the answer to life or the yes, whatever Yes, I, I believe I was the first one to state that. Okay, fair enough. Oh, I don't yes. know. I have no memory. <laughs> I have a memory of a goldfish. Jared? Um... I don't know. I'm going to go low, but not that low. This movie, again, it was supposed to have like a trilogy, but it didn't. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go 55. Oh, Which God. is a shame. I feel yeah. like if this movie was re-reviewed today, it'd be like way higher than it is. This movie is a 41. 41? Yorton was one point away. Oh, man. So Yorton is winning seven, six on the year. 
What's up, I just Seth? want to say, for the record, had I not seen this score, I would have lost horribly, and I would have been further off than both of them anyways. So, you know, I would have lost anyways. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> I would have gone higher, way higher than, you know, 41. Yeah, that's 98. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say a solid 72. <laughs> you know what's really stupid is the audience score is 31. Oh, that, that makes me cry a bit. See, I don't I think people understood what they thought they were going to go see. Because, like, this is a family-friendly action superhero movie set in the 30s with a man in a purple suit. What did you possibly think was going to happen when you walked into that movie theater? <laughs> I mean, I went in with low expectations based on what you just said. And I was I mean, blown away. I was like, this is everything I wanted. It is. Yeah. Um, so this movie had a budget of $42 million. It sadly only made $23.5 million. So basically half its money back. But the good news is Roger Ebert gave it three and a half out of four stars. That is high praise by the man. Uh, he says this movie is wonderfully entertaining, red-blooded and rousing, and with a production design that makes it uncommonly handsome. The movie is also smashingly entertaining on the story level. The Phantom was written by Jeffrey Bohm, who wrote Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade. It has the breakneck energy of the Indiana Jones movies and the same love of fedora hats and very big old trucks. But it's not Indy in a purple suit. It has its own distinctive tone and feel and a certain innocence. The PG rating indicates it's suitable for families, and so it is because it lacks unnecessary violence and sexuality, but that doesn't mean it's not red-blooded. It's in love with the period when there were islands not on any map, and one or two brave people could change history, and characters could shout, Have you heard the exciting news? We're going to the Devil's Vortex. <laughs> so He gets it. He gets what this movie is supposed to be. <laughs> Yes. Exactly. He gets it. Um, we all are going to wildly recommend this movie to everyone. There's no caveats, I'm guessing, here. Right, Jared? Oh, none. And, oh, <laughs> unless you hate fun. If you hate <laughs> fun, then... Yeah, if if you have yet. that one friend who's snooty about movies, like, oh, I only watch da-da-da-da-da, don't like those fun movies, don't show them this movie. Actually, yeah. Film so if Twitter. you're a twenty, if you're a twenty-year-old, <laughs> yeah. Fuck. No, no, film Twitter. No. Film Twitter's gonna hate this movie. So With film Twitter, go to hell. I feel yes. like there's that phase everyone goes through when they're like twenty in college, where they're they're snobby. Just grow out of that phase and come back to this movie, and you're gonna have the time of your life. Um. We are watching Snatch all day thinking it's high art. And it is. Snatch is great. But you think, like, that's all there is. Um, <laughs> okay. This is going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Yes. This, this, to me, is a movie that this podcast is meant for. This style of movie right here where it's like, oh, I just want to have fun and rewatch a movie. This is, this is what this movie is. Yes. Jordan, not only is this a movie where if I see it on cable, I'm no matter what point it's on, I'm going to watch. This is a movie where if I'm 12 years old and I have a bunch of friends over and we get to go to Blockbuster, we're probably going to rent this movie. <laughs> like, So it, it meets both qualifications for me where it's like, oh, let's fucking get the Phantom and play Goldeneye all night. Let's go. That sounds like a fun night, right? <laughs> yes. Jared, you're saying yes? 
guys. Oh no, you could be the hater of the group. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just gonna use every opportunity to have the shit on Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> so Armageddon fucking sucks. <laughs> Does not deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame next to this great piece of cinema. It's okay. That still wasn't the greatest travesty of block. But um, Seth, what are you on? Armageddon? Yeah, where are you on Armageddon? So Armageddon is single-handedly the greatest movie of Ben Affleck's career pre-Daredevil. And yeah, yeah, which is uh, probably the closest to it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to take it. That's how I heard that. Yeah, like, I was like, I, it started off great, and then you took a turn where I can't really agree with you anymore, and I don't know what to say. I uh, I enjoy Armageddon Which... a lot. Okay. Cool. I, All right. So I don't know one. if I put it in the Hall of Fame. I have to watch that movie. <laughs> I have not watched it in years, so I. Uh... Oh, you're in for a treat. Um, a- the I? Phantom. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll watch it with you. I'll come over <laughs> just to watch it again. <laughs> and I'll be that guy who's like, this is the part when he gets the anvil cracker and, he, and he's like dancing it on her belly button. Um, and this is the part where Bruce Willis takes a spot and he cries and he talks to his daughter. Um, I, I'll be that I guy. That. Um, yeah, I remember that part. Yeah, that was that was emotional. The Phantom is our third movie of 2022 to be on the, the Hall of Fame. So congratulations. Jordan's on a roll. Jared brought it Have up I... earlier. Okay, that's what I was wondering. What are the three? Your name. Yeah. Batman. Okay. Mask of the Phantasm and the Phantom. Okay. So, well, so two out of the two three. Out of three right yeah. <laughs> Kobe. We even we even gave T thirty four like high praise. Yeah. I would never watch it again, but like, no, it was no, way no, better than the Hall of Fame, but I'm just saying like we gave it praise. It was actually we were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So this one thing, Jordan been doing a pretty good job. I'm picking these movies that you're like, man, that was fun. <laughs> so I guess it's my turn to pick. I mean, you guys know what I'm gonna pick. I mean, you know the truth, but can you handle the truth? We're going to watch A Few Good Men. I just yes. watched Finally. it. <laughs> like yes. Three days ago. But I'll watch it again. And you're, you're going to have just as much fun watching it again. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited. I don't know if I've ever even seen the beginning of this movie. I just know I come in and I enjoy it wherever I start. So I, we're going to be watching A Few Good Men. Dude, he's in this movie for five minutes, and he slays it. He's so good in this movie. Um, it was between this. I, actually, I don't want to say the other movie I was going to pick because I'm hoping Seth picks it, and if I say it out loud, he's going to not pick it. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to say it. Um, I, I still can't believe I even cool. said that All right. last time. So next week we'll be t- still kidding. Yeah, it was nuts. All right, next week we'll be talking about A Few Good Men. Um, Until then, keep, you know, defending the jungle in your purple outfits. (laughs) And be good out there, y'all. Y'all take care. See ya. See ya.